0: Welcome in to It's Utah as well. Tom Hackett, Steve Bartle with you guys as always. Uh, I clicked record. I'm not sure if uh, it started recording right off the bat or if it caught me halfway through. Regardless, we're rolling with it. looks with like it. it. <laughs> we're rolling with it. Uh, big shout out to Nate Wade, Subaru 1207 South Main Street, Salt Lake City. Literally five minutes from the heart of downtown. And uh, they churn out more cars than. Just about any dealership I know of in the Salt Lake area. I've said it before. I'll say it again, Steve. You go for a drive. Just about every second car you see is a Subaru. There is a red-hot chance that Subaru came from Nate Wade. They've been in business forever. They're the longest Subaru dealership in all of North America. The list goes on. They're the best. And uh, we here on It's Utah's World podcast, highly recommend uh, you go down. Say good day and see what they're all about because there's a reason they have so many customers. Free popcorn as well, by the way. Free popcorn Ooh. and a free soda fridge. So I'm there. I don't know if that's if that's what what has people itching to get down to Nate Wade, but but uh, it works. Whatever they're doing. So anywho, Steve, how are you? Are you well? You look good.
1: I'm I'm doing good, Tom. I'm doing good. I, I you know just got my hair cut the cut off the uh, the quarantine hair, so you know feeling much much better and more confident about myself which is key you know when when you're in media you got to feel confident about yourself. that's that's the key to everything it's not the scoops it's not the information it's you know look good feel good that's the key
0: play good
1: yes yes
0: yep yep, yep. i i get it uh, i do not <laughs> look good nor do i feel good hence why i'm not playing well as a minute but you look fast and that's all that matters
1: steve <laughs> Oh, fast is not the word I would use, but okay, we'll go with it.
0: <laughs> oh, very funny. Anywho, we've got uh, we've got a fun show lined up for you guys. Um, obviously, it's been rumored uh, rumors for quite some time, kind of the future of college football. Um, and I think that'll that'll take up a large portion of uh, of the show today. Both Steve and I will share our opinions on whether or not we think college football is going to take place now that we. We are uh, I guess gaining more information as the days tick by. There was news coming out of California regarding what their future holds um, and of course, Utah has gone from what Governor Herbert has stated as code red down to code orange, and now officially, as of midweek this week, we're in code yellow, which is good news um, hopefully you know yes. i I am one of those Steve that is still, um, I guess, operating for the most part as if we're in code red. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just like we don't have a vaccine, and I don't know when that's going to happen. So, um, And there are still quite a few cases coming coming out of Utah. So, uh, But the economy is starting to open up. Hopefully, Utahns out there can, t- can continue to be safe, practice social distancing, wash your hands, wash your face, do everything they're saying, wear a mask, and uh, as the economy does slowly open up, Utah can crush the curve, as people are saying. But, uh, but uh, nonetheless, we'll see.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sorry, Tom, you, you froze there on me with, this, with the Zoom calls. Did you ask, did you ask something? Because I didn't hear a thing.
0: I, 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 don't, I don't know if I necessarily asked anything. Okay. Like, I, I guess I was, I was just kind of going on a rant yeah and this is part of my problem um, and I think you know one of the reasons people get sick of me really fast is because I'll be like oh I've got this point that I want to make and five minutes later I'm still trying to make the point and like spit it so, out
1: my issue is is that I was I was I was listening I was tuned in but but the zoom the zoom cut out on me so you know I'm gonna have to you know, go back and listen to the episode just so I can hear that rant because you can't you can't repeat a rant. You know, a rant right. is a one time it's a one time thing. So, um, but uh, but it's going to be interesting with everything opening up. There's been a lot of talk throughout college football about what's the right plan of attack. You know, with this uh, with with things starting to trend the right way. You know, do schools open up? Mark Harlan talked about this this week. Is you know, there's a June one date where you know the University of Utah may be able to open back up and welcome some of the in-state kids back up onto campus in, in a limited basis. But then there are other locations where it's it's still complete lockdown, and they're far away from being being able to open up their doors to to student athletes. So it's it's a wild time uh, for you know, for all of us, but particularly for college sports, just because how, uh, how dependent they are on, you know, having these things available to the student athletes, you know, the, the impact of fans and whether they're going to be able to attend games or not this year, like all of this is, it's, it's a wild time that we're living in, you know, these COVID-19 times, uh, and, uh, and I, <laughs> I say this all the time, but I, I'm, I do not envy the people that have to make the decisions here on, on what to do and how to, what plan of attack to take here, because it's going to be difficult either way.
0: So Steve, I, I was very fortunate. I caught up with, um with one of my good friends who, who I truly do love and appreciate Um, the head coach up at. Weber State, um, and I love him for many reasons. He's a great guy, but he also kind of gave me my lifeline out here in in, um, in Utah. He, he he said earlier today, he said, who would have thought that uh, eight years ago uh, when I first met you, you'd still be here? I said, yeah, you're right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I've got a beautiful wife, now a beautiful, yeah. beautiful baby. I've got a mortgage that I'm trying to pay uh, on top of some bills. I shouldn't say I'm trying to pay. My wife and I both pay, you know. She's... She, she, um, she helps out, which is much, much needed, uh, and I'm very grateful uh, for that. She's over there laughing. Stop talking, Tom. Move on. Right. Uh, anyway, I was going, what I was getting at uh, was I asked Coach Hill, I said, Coach, when Weber State gets the all clear from the government and, and they say you're allowed to start practice, I imagine it will be on a voluntary basis. You know, I, I imagine the government. I also imagine the NCAA, whoever the spokesperson is, says student athletes can voluntarily come in and work out if they choose. so. What's interesting is because summer workouts are, are meant to be voluntary as well. But but this is how the college football world works, and this isn't just Utah. This is everybody. They're voluntary, but if you don't come, you will be frowned upon. Yeah. Yeah. And. I'm not saying playing time is gonna is gonna is gonna be. Um, uh, I don't, I'm not saying playing time's gonna be decided on whether or not you show up, but it may be influenced, right? So, uh, I said, "What? What do you do? Do you do?" You? And he said, "You know what? I'm going to tell my players that we're going to start working out." And I said, "Oh, you know, he's a disciple of Coach Whitecam. I figured, you know, that's just that's just how he operates." I said, "But what if?" a student athlete says, coach, I, I've got pretty bad asthma and I'm scared to death of this coronavirus. What do you do? And, and he said, which was quite cool, he said, you know, I, I would be forced then to respect that student athlete's decision uh, and to say, that's okay. That, that's fine. If, if you have an underlying health issue, you're scared to death of the virus, then, then you're not allowed to, I don't, you know, I don't want you here because if and, and he went on to talk about if that player, whoever it may be, whatever, you know, decided to contra- decided or not decided, but actually contracted the virus and then ended up in the ICU. I mean, he's in, he's in a world of trouble. He's fired. His coaching staff's fired. The Weber State football program yeah. needs a complete overhaul. So I think it's going to be really, really interesting. Unfortunately, in the work in in the work that I do. I also kind of work alongside Real Salt Lake. I follow them. I cover them for, for KSL Sports. And they've been very transparent, Steve. Their mm. coaching staff, their administration, the front office have publicly come out and said, if players don't feel comfortable coming to the training facility, we will not do anything about it. That is their decision. They're grown men. They have families. It's, it's completely up to them. And, and we will not judge them. You know. And, and they've even come out and said, not all, all the players have not come. To the facility because, of course, it's it's been about a week now since Major League Soccer has allowed um, yeah. players to, to choose whether or not they want to come and at least get get a few strides in, uh, get a few touches of the soccer ball. So,
1: it, uh, it,
0: to me, I think, and I'd I'd love to hear what you have to say on the matter. I think that coaches are going to be forced to respect players more so than they ever have. Not that they don't res- they didn't respect and put prior to the pandemic, but, mm-hmm. oh, it's going to be interesting, I think, yeah. Steve.
1: Yeah, you know, this is an interesting topic of conversation because I think what we've seen, you know, over the last little bit, Kyle Whittingham was, you know, he uh, he participated in one of the Pac-12 webinars this week, and that was a question that was asked of him and the other coaches with him, Carl Durrell and Jimmy Lake, you know, what would be – the course of action if a player with underlying issues refuses to play. And how does that impact his scholarship? How does that impact his and your scholarship situation? And, and the first thing that Kyle Whittingham said was, you know, well, the priority is his health and safety, uh, you know, that above all else. And I think that is going to be key, not only in, in talking, you know, in, in saying those types of things, but actually following through and being true to your word, I think with the with everything that's going on, the scrutiny, the 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 public, you know, feedback, you know, whatever you want to call it. I, I remember Mike Gundy uh, had some pretty pretty interesting comments about bringing his players back to Oklahoma State because of the impact that they they had on the economy and and the response, you know, throughout all of social media, you know, really put Mike Gundy under the microscope um, and and scrutinized him for those comments. And I think with that in mind, if a coach was to do something controversial with a player and his scholarship situation that refused to play, I think that you would see something similar in reaction uh, from the media, from fans, from you know, college football followers all over the all over the country. I think that would be a hot topic, a hot debate, uh, and and would receive a lot of scrutiny for for that coach. And and you know, if he decided to, you know, force him to medically retire, you know, if that was something that was on the table, you know, I don't know, but I assume that that is what we would see if a coach were not to respect a player's choice if he elected not to participate because of health concerns.
0: And I, I, I think this is going to be a problem across a number of different sporting platforms, but I think specifically college football because, because college football, well, uh, college football specifically, because, you know, you could say well all the football. Well, I don't think it's going to be an all the football problem because in the NFL, the players run the NFL. Yeah. The owners pay a ton of money to pay the players and everybody else. The coaches make strategic decisions, but if the players don't feel comfortable doing something, it's not going to happen in college. It's not that way. It's the coaches, athletic directors, conference commissioners are the ones that, that run college football. So, it's gonna be and and you know what you know if I'm being quite blunt it it could get ugly um sure because I also think there are so many old school college football coaches um and they and they run their program a certain way and if and if it's not run you know like like it like how it used to 30 years ago then and, and they've made you know, everybody kind of has to adapt it uh, on the fly a little bit, but at the same time, I, I feel as though college football is, is, in, is potentially in some strife when all of this starts to unfold. You know what doesn't help, Steve, is the fact that they don't have a commissioner. There is no NCAA commissioner. There are only commissioners of conference is now not the perfect time for the NCAA to appoint a commissioner, somebody that can speak about the entirety of the game. I mean, it just makes sense, doesn't it?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, and and the guy that most closely represents that type of figure, Mark Emmer, you know, he's, he's the guy that's, that's, you know, providing comments from the NCAA and how they'll, Move forward, and, and what he expects, you know, of college football. But the issue with Mark Emmer is nobody respects him. You know, nobody respects what he says, what he has to say, and and that's the biggest issue. Is uh, so you have a guy in that type of role, but there is so much friction between Mark Emmer and the NCAA and specifically the Power Five conferences. This is why there is so much talk about the Power Five conferences, you know, eventually moving away from the NCAA and starting their own their own thing, right? I think because there isn't that respect of Mark Emmert and the NCAA, just because of, you know, what the NCAA and some of the things that they do, really kind of irks a lot of people a lot of the time with a lot of the things that they do. Uh, And I think the power five conferences are are very, very interested in separating themselves from the NCAA just because of, uh, you know, the lack of leadership with Mark image. So I think, yeah, you, the college football needs a figure like that. They, because while they kind of have one, they kind of don't at the same time because there is no mutual respect Uh, between, you know, the NCAA, uh, Mark Emmer and, you know, and and these Power Five conferences. So, you know, it's going to take, you know, really these coaches, these football coaches at these big programs, you know, Utah's Kyle Whittingham has spoken up, uh, Oklahoma's Lincoln Riley has spoken up up, and shared his stance on the matter, uh, as well as other – College coaches, I think those are have to going. Those are going to have to be the guys that kind of lead the charge, you know, in terms of what direction you know college football is going to take with this, because they're the ones they're the prominent figures in all of this, and I think that's going to be key above all else.
0: Mark Emmett, for those that, that don't know, is the president of uh, the NCAA, and and boy, is he frowned upon. Uh, yeah. Worth noting that this isn't just a student athlete issue. This, this is a this is going to be a societal a societal mm-hmm. issue. Steve, it's uh, students that aren't athletes that attend campuses are going to be faced with it. Uh, you know, when 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 certain colleges universities decide to open up classes resume, I'm sure there are going to be a ton of people out there that raise their hand and say, I just don't feel comfortable doing this, and then the university is going to have to find a way to um, to make that work uh, just, just people that go to work people that off with with offices starting to reopen i you know i know I know quite a few people my my brother in law um has has pretty bad asthma and mm-hmm. and he's kind of being told like okay, the office is back open let's go and and i know he's got he's got twins that uh that were born prematurely you know at at, at, i don't know 31 odd weeks and and he's worried about them and and of course himself so this is certainly a societal issue uh one that everybody's going to have to face uh, but because this podcast is of course about utah football college football uh in general that's uh that's the direction we we decided to take it hey i think it's it's interesting steve so uh, the state of California, the governor of, of, of California, specifically Los Angeles, um, the mayor of, of LA, has basically said that the restrictions that are currently in place, which which are quite strict, are uh, probably going to stay put for at least the next three months. Uh, and, and I don't have a sheet of paper, I apologize, as to what exactly all the restrictions are, but but I've got friends that live out there and I know that, you know, Beaches are closed. Uh, for the most part, the economy is still pretty pretty much shut. If if you leave your house, even just to go on a walk, you're limited to going on a walk with only the people within your household. Um, and if, if they continue that for the next three months, I mean, you know, I'm no rocket scientist and don't do math on air. It's, it's midway through May right now. So June, July, mid-August is when, according to the mayor of L.A., they might decide to to loosen some of those restrictions. Mid August is pushing, you know, that, that's middle of fall camp for, yeah. for, for for the UCLA's and and the USC's of the world. So, w- what do you think's going to eventuate for some of Utah's Pac twelve South Conference foes?
1: You know, it's it's going to be fascinating, and I think. News came out that, that Los Angeles was going to be in lockdown for another three months. And then the very next day, they kind of backed off of that. And it sounds like things are opening up. But I don't, I don't, I don't know exactly what's going on in Los Angeles County. But they are certainly one of the more cautious um, areas, states, uh, and, and one of the more aggressive states in terms of their lockdown protocols. and and that kind of thing. And I think what we've learned, um, you know, through talk is that the expectation is there's going to be another, a second wave of, of the coronavirus coming through, you know, in August. And I I think that's kind of driving the, the conversation uh, with these kind of things. Uh, and let's say, you know, Los Angeles is locked down for another three months that's going to impact a lot. That's going to impact USC. It's going to impact UCLA, uh, which are obviously two <laughs> prominent figures in the Pac-12 conference, let alone the South Division. Um, it, it puts them behind the eight ball. You know. Meanwhile, here in Utah, uh, as, I, as I alluded to earlier, there's talk of June 1st reopening on campus you know, if, if you're Kyle Whittingham, you would love to get the kids back on campus that you can, um, and have them in the program. I think part of that is, and and it's not so much from a football standpoint, but as coaches, and you can probably talk more to this than I can, Tom, but, uh, you know, football coaches have, um, while it's a very intense relationship, there is a, a for lack of a better term, a love, right, a, a, a father-son relationship type of a relationship, type of type of role, and I think you know, for for Whittingham and the rest of the staff, you know, at Utah in particular, that is especially true, um, and and they want to know that those guys are are safe, they're healthy, and that kind of thing, and so getting those guys back and just being around them uh, is a big deal. So for Utah, that's what you're hoping for. For Los Angeles. You know, if you're in lockdown for another three months, I mean, yeah, you're you're back up against it. You're pushed back all the way to to mid August, uh, which is well past that six weeks past. Uh, you know, the the July first time of when you're you're trying to start workouts, you're trying to start fall camp. You know, it, you you need six weeks to kind of get going to get guys up to speed. You know, you're looking at at least. Uh, an early start in October uh, or, or a start in early October, I should say, um, you know, for a college football season, that's going to be, it's going to be wild. It's going to be interesting to see. And I think, you know, one other thing, you know, that, that should be clarified is, you know, the, the Cal state universities uh, have stated that they will continue in online classes. They won't open up campuses. But the key to, to know with that is that does not impact, you know, UCLA. That does not impact Cal, Stanford. Uh, that's for, like, the Fresno states, the, the San Jose states, the state universities. And so uh, the, the key with California is that as long as campuses are, are, you know, maybe partially open, you know, with a limited amount of students, I think that's going to be key for a lot of these programs throughout the country is having students on campus. I think that's going to be a big factor for a lot of these programs being able to open up. It doesn't have to be the full student body, but a partial amount of the student body uh, on campus. I think that's going to be a big time key and and telling factor for college football. So that's, That's what you're hoping for. Part of the student body will be welcomed back onto campus, You know, with obviously part of that being the student-athletes
0: themselves. We don't have the answers. Um, We're we're far from having the answers, in fact. Uh, But I I thought it was interesting. uh, This week, the governor of Florida openly, publicly stated that if there were any professional... Sporting organizations that wanted to come to Florida and kind of bunker down, and we can set up some some hubs for certain for, for for your teams. You are more than welcome to play here in the state of Florida. I don't think the Pac-12 will do that. I think that's just too far yeah. to travel. I think too much organization is. But, but I wouldn't be surprised if specifically the L.A. teams, the USC and the UCLA's, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if they moved or relocated for the fall to Phoenix, for example. Mm. If you look on a map, uh, the closest major city to L.A. outside of California is Vegas and of mm. course there's no Pac12 team in Vegas maybe they moved to Vegas i'm not sure but if they were to move to a Pac12 city the closest would be Phoenix by the looks of things so uh that's probably an option that i'm sure USC UCLA are looking at right now it'd be really cool if uh, if they came to Salt Lake City and and the mayor of uh, or the governor governor herbert kind of said hey you guys take uh you guys have the marriott hotel all to yourselves just pay us <laughs> a million bucks a week mm-hmm. uh great for the utah economy and yeah yeah uh, you know, keep them locked away in uh, in their hotel rooms i d- i don't know but you know and, and i guess part of the reason behind that that would work is if they're not if you're not going to allow fans into stadiums then it doesn't it doesn't matter where you play because right. it's all neutral anyway you know football right. fields 100 yards long with 20-yard end zones, two sticks up either end that kickers try and kick them through. You know, like it it just doesn't matter. So so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, go ahead. I I was just going to end, Steve, by saying what we do know is college football in the fall is going to look a lot different than what we're used to.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to look unbelievably different and I I think that's kind of the thing that we can't necessarily wrap your mind around is how different it's going to look and and you know we can try to to figure out ways to to make this happen but there are going to have to be changes in order to have a 2020 season Um, and again you know I'm glad I'm not the one making these decisions because this is difficult Uh, you know there were talks of the the professional the NFL teams the Los Angeles Rams and Los Angeles Chargers moving to Las Vegas uh, and playing football in the same stadium as the Las Vegas Raiders which is opening up which is supposed to be opening up because there was also talk that that stadium wasn't even going to be available and that the Las Vegas Raiders were going to have to play football in Utah so you know there's just so much craziness going on with everything and one thing that's interesting, you know, you brought up Florida and their open invite to professional teams. Uh, I'm not sure if you saw this, Tom, but Paul Feinbaum of ESPN had some uh, some rather uh, racy comments about the Pac-12, which, you know, obviously he's he's an SEC blowhard. He's, he's going to say whatever he needs to say to put the SEC, you know, in the conversation. Uh, and, you know, what he shared about, what he shared was, you know, he expects free agency of players in the Pac-12 looking for an opportunity to play football, you know, potentially in the SEC. And if you're at the SEC, you're looking to pluck the best players in the Pac-12. And like, back up, Paul. <laughs> like, stop talking because there are rules in place regardless of what's going on with coronavirus and everything. You know, the Regardless of that, there are rules in place that make transferring extri- – like, we don't even have instant eligibility on the table yet. It's been discussed, but it probably won't go into, into, into play until 2021. So if you're a player and you transfer to a program, you're going to have to sit a year, so that doesn't make sense. Even if you are granted immediate eligibility, uh, you still have to learn a new playbook, which – these aren't professional athletes. It's not an easy transition for college athletes. Taking time to learn the playbook actually does take time, uh, and it's an adjustment. And so you know, Feinbaum is going to spout out about the Pac-12, and he's always going to try to knock them down a tier. But what Paul Feinbaum was talking about with the potential impact of you know, players, a mass exodus of players from the Pac-12 is just uh, – garbage it's just lazy it's just Paul Feinbaum being Paul Feinbaum and Utah fans learn firsthand what Paul Feinbaum is all about you know this last season so uh you know that's that's one thing with all of this is you know the players I think understand the situation that they're in and the Pac-12 is going to have a football season when and in what form Your guess, Tom, is as good as my guess, which is as good as the next guy's guess. We don't know what college football is going to look like, particularly in the Pac-12. But these programs and these schools rely so much on the revenue generated from football. They have to have a season in order to survive, not only this next year, but the future. It's imperative that they have a college football season. So we will have one. It's just how is it going to look? What is it? You know, what kind of shape? What kind of form is it going to take? I have no idea.
0: What what, what sucks about Paul Feinbaum even more than himself is the comments he made last year regarding Utah. You know what really oh. stings is he was right. <laughs> Don't say that, Tom. He called it, don't, Steve. Don't say that, Tom. I know I'm opening wounds, and I shouldn't oh. be because it's a beautiful oh, Friday man. when we're recording it this. It is. He was. He hit the nail on the head. He called. I mean, he really did. He called it, which is just really painful. But anyway, uh, we don't need to. We don't need to dive in. That hurts. That hurts. And I will also say with the playbook, you know, you mentioned and I agree wholeheartedly with you. You know, I've seen I lived with Travis Wilson. And I mean, that playbook is deep. It's yeah. got to be 300, 400 pages. I mean, we're cool. talking serious Harry Potter type books. Oh, man. I stopped
1: reading after page 100 each and every book. <laughs> I, I couldn't go any further. Once I hit one, page 100, I was done.
0: I will say, though, if you're a punter or a kicker or a long snapper, you know, uh, the playbook really isn't big at all. In fact, it's it's one page at most. So
1: I was going to say it's probably like the table of contents, like two two page flips maybe.
0: So if Pornfeinbaum is right and and a few Pac-12 athletes do decide to go play in the SEC, if the SEC does end up starting before the Pac-12, I sure hope the vast majority of those athletes are specialists and that way yeah you know the, sure. the specialists can can actually get some media attention some limelight for once which would be really really cool hey i tweeted something that reminds me steve i got a story and i'm sure you probably saw it but i i had i remembered something and it's punter abomination man it's so crazy and i completely forgot about it i guess i was So happy at the time that I didn't care. But looking back on it four and a half years later, I was furious. Lizabelle, okay, the former SID, love her to bits, came up to me post-2015 Las Vegas Bowl when the Utes put a can of whoop-ass on them BYU Cougars for Mm -hmm. however many time. You know, I don't Mm -hmm. know what time that was. but And she said, Tom, you've been voted as i can't remember if it was the offensive or defensive or the mvp of the entire game but it was one of them and i was like oh that's cool you know and that game i i i played well you know if i don't say so myself i i punted well and i had a fake Mm -hmm. punt and and it was Mm -hmm. fun although you know i got a little dizzy once my head ricocheted off the turf following the fake the fake punt five minutes later she comes back and says tom you you actually didn't win the award because technically you, you are, you, you're, you're a specialist and you're not an offensive or a defensive player. And I what? thought that's absolute crap. In fact, you know what? I think the reason I didn't make it in the National Football League is because I didn't have a game MVP award next to my name. Because <laughs> you know what? If I had a, had that, teams would be
1: in awe I oh, just, Steve, are you there? Are
0: you there, Steve? Oh, yeah, yep, we, I'm did here. Did I lose you again? Uh, yeah, you Steve, lost I, me. I just hit the climax of my story, and I was waiting for your response, and you just froze on me.
1: I'm so sorry. This okay. uh, this is not this has not been a good episode for your rants. Uh, we're over two, Tom. This uh,
0: is yeah. I think the internet's trying to tell me something here. (laughs) Maybe I should stop talking. Um, But anyway, it's uh, it's crazy talk. So, yeah, I I don't know if I'm going to file a lawsuit or what I'm going to do, but I'm going to try and claim that the millions of dollars I could be making in the NFL, I'm not because I was shunned of some sort of M V P award in the two thousand and fifteen Las Vegas ball.
1: I I would absolutely pers- pursue those uh that Tom and and you know I think that you are one hundred percent in the right in in pursuing that. You know, uh you bring up Liz Abel. Miss Liz, man, she was she was a savage. Um I remember yeah. showing up for for one uh for the first fall first spring practice I think it was like 202018 I showed up for spring practice I had a beard and uh the first thing she says to me it's not hello it's 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 she's literally boy somebody let themselves go and what? uh and yeah, oh yeah yeah she uh she's she's a savage man she is ruthless
0: shooter oh man but she's great shout out to Liz shout out to Liz <laughs> yeah I feel sorry for uh or uh, I don't know if she still does it but I feel sorry for the for the little water molecules of St- of the Steiner Erickson pool, because she used to pound that pool every day. She'd swim fifty, hundred, I don't know, a lot of laps, yeah. and that water copped a beating from uh, the the face of of Liz's feet just flip flapping away. So, uh, anywho, uh, Steve, any recruiting news before we get out of here?
1: Holy smokes, man! Uh, you know, not a whole lot going on uh, in terms of potential commitments. You know, I think Utah is kind of in a situation where so Utah recruits a lot differently than than most of the programs because, as Whittingham has alluded to, it's their developmental program, and so they like to get kids out for visits just to get a look at them to see how they fit inside the culture and that kind of thing. So. Things are kind of slow, but this staff is working hard with a lot of recruits. Uh, if you're interested in, in following more of kind of the, you know, workings or, or details, I should say, of, of the recruiting scene, you know, head on over to UteZone.com. Um, but, yeah, Tom, not a whole lot. The uh, The NCA extended the recruiting dead period to uh, June 30th, I believe. June or July 30th. I can't remember. Wow. But uh, but yeah, we're going to be in a dead period for a while,
0: right? And uh, just remind everybody out there that may not have tuned in or missed last week's episode. You guys have? Do you guys still have a deal going on over there at U Zone? Uh,
1: we all yeah, we've got. I don't know what we're running. I think it's like thirty percent off right now. But Perfect. Um, head on over there. At least sign up for a seven day free trial um, and and check us out. We've got a we, we publish a lot of free content, but we have a lot of. You know VIP content as well as you know little little tidbits of information
0: here and there as well. So head on over there to tyutzone dot com. Let me tell you that VIP message board you guys run that'll that'll get the uh, that'll get the brain churning if you don't have much to do yeah. late in the evening. You're trying to take a deep dive into uh, really. I don't. It depends on the day, but it's fascinating conversations from absolutely. IPod, Utah fans talking to other diehard Utah fans the likes of Steve and the rest of the gang out there big brownie bear you name it they'll pop up here and there but it is fascinating conversation that takes place every day all day on those VIP message boards and you guys get get a a seven-day free trial so just see Mm -hmm. if it tickles your fancy and and if it does then so then great if it doesn't no hard feelings. You can uh, continue living your life. Hey, um, I know. I know this is a football podcast, uh, but but the last thing I wanted to touch on was Larry Kristoviak, the Utah men's basketball coach. I I, I don't have insight. To, I don't know what's happening. I've got my own personal beliefs. I love the man. He's always been so generous, so kind. Uh, to me, uh, anytime I see him, we have great conversation. But something just isn't right. And I'm not blaming Coach K necessarily because I don't know. But he has got to find a way to keep some of these young guys that he recruits to play a second year. Booth Gotch, for those that missed it, you know, an up-and-coming guard up there on the hill has publicly come out and said, if I choose not to continue uh, pursuing the NBA, and of course he, he kind of did what college basketball players can do, and that's test the waters while maintaining mm-hmm. eligibility. It's something college basketball players can do that football players can't, although I wish football players could because I think it's a great rule. Anywho, he said that if he decides to return to college, it's not going to be at Utah. Mm-hmm. Steve, we need answers. I don't know if you yeah. have one. But what's going yeah,
1: on? Yeah, Yeah. It's tough, man. It's uh, it's a tough situation. A lot of Utah fans are upset, and rightfully so. I, I think you know, we got to this point, and and I think a lot of fans were beginning to to get optimistic and confident about the potential for for next year with the amount of, of production, 99% of production returning you know and now with Booth gotch announcing that he'll likely transfer you know if he does in fact withdraw from the nba um you know that that's a that's a, you know regardless of how well he played this past season 2 years of playing experience is hard to it's impossible to replicate uh that playing experience is so crucial especially in a program like utah uh which I, I mentioned this, you know, with Kyle Whittingham, but but Utah basketball is very much in the same line. It's a developmental program. You've got to develop your guys because you're not going to get the high-level talent, the instant impact, five-star type of kids, you know, at Utah. And so you got to have guys that are going to be around the program for three to four years that can, you know, develop and and grow within a system. And losing Booth Gotch – hurts it's 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 a painful loss there's no denying that now obviously it's partly negated by some of the players coming in behind him you know the recruits that they signed this this past year with Ian Martinez and and Pele Larson out of Sweden but still it's hard to replace that experience and and the the know-how of everyday life at Utah that's hard to replicate and so um, it's it's a painful loss, and I think for Booth Gotch, he was frustrated. And and if you paid close attention to the basketball season um, this past year, you noticed about midway through the year, Booth Gotch kind of you know was was absent. You know when guys are checked out, it's pretty noticeable, and I think you saw that with Booth Gotch. I think he became frustrated with his role and and with the lack of production, the lack of opportunity in in the Utah system and and just wants to find somewhere else where he feels he can, you know, he can thrive, and and unfortunately that's not Utah. And with the roster that Utah has, there's still plenty of production returning. They return 86% of their total production. That's points, rebounds, assists, whatever. 86% of your total production from last year is returning. That's great. Like, that's tremendous. That's still – you you want that amount of production, you know, more than anything. But uh, but to lose a player like Gotch hurts, but you have some key pieces in Ryland Jones and Brandon Carlson that you can build around. And with the guys coming in with, you know, Caleb Loner, as well as the other two I already mentioned, uh, that should be a big boost uh, in terms of the talent level in the program, which I think we kind of learned last year Utah lacked uh, some serious talent you know, at the other positions. And so uh, we'll see what happens, man. But, you know, Utah fans are right for being frustrated. It is it is frustrating to watch this because the basketball program, it's it's a proud program. Fan, fans are proud of the history of Utah basketball with, with Rick Majerus, you know, and what he was able to do while he was here, the players that have come through the program, you know, Andrew Bogut, Keith Van Horn, Andre Miller, DeLon Wright. There's been – there's history here. And it's frustrating for for everybody involved with Utah basketball not to be consistently competitive, you know. Regardless of of exceeding expectations every year, you have expectations of you know reaching the NCAA tournament and and this year it's you know it's make or break, it's do or die for for Coach K uh, this year, and I think he understands that. Uh, it's it's unfortunate that Booth, you know, won't be back because he probably would have played a big role.
0: Kuzmania, another one of those those guys you talk about, Steve. Big uh, big Kuzmania. Yeah, oh
1: yeah, Kyle Kuzma. Totally forgot about him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's all right. Just reminding, just reminding everybody out there not to forget about Big Kuzmania. Uh, I'm never going to tell anybody how to judge a man or a woman. We'll never do it. You can judge Larry K. however you want. Uh, I choose to respect the man for who he is as a person as opposed to a basketball coach, and I get if you guys don't agree with me, that's fine. Mm-hmm. I, I really I don't care. Uh, but he is a good dude, and that's mm-hmm. the bottom line. I, I wish him nothing but success moving forward. And you're right. It's do or die. The Utes need to make it to the tournament. They've, uh, they've missed out seven of the nine seasons Coach K has been in charge. So they've just made it twice, which is, which is daunting considering the rich yep. history that Utah basketball possesses. Uh, big shout out. Nate wait, anyway, Subaru 1207 South Main Street, as always. Steve Bartle, you cheetah like specimen now with the haircuts. Where do you, where do you go to get your haircut, Steve?
1: Oh, uh, Ray's Barbershop. Up here in Layton, Ray's Barbershop. I point. I'm, you know, obviously, I'm pointing to it like it's behind me, but mm. you know, it's it's Main Street, Layton, uh, nice. Ray's Barbershop. Yeah, actually, yeah. it's Archie's Barbershop. Ray's Barbershop is in Salt Lake. Archie's, it's Archie's Barbershop. I yeah, apologize.
0: Yeah, yeah, Ray, Ray's Barbershop. I thought was the one our good friend Mister Bill O'Reilly mm-hmm. goes to, or at least he used to go to. So, uh, and he doesn't have an O in his name. I just say that to try and tick him off. But uh, <laughs> regardless. Uh, what, so anyway, yeah, you were pointing, and I know people can't really <laughs> yeah. see. I'm like, does Ray live in your house, Steve?
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I was doing. You know, I was, <laughs> he's just he's just back here, man. He's just
0: you know he's just back here. Just hangs out in the living room. Yeah. and I'm, I need a chop. <laughs> turn the telly on. He's there. All right. Uh, the internet has done everything it has to uh, try and derail us this episode, Steve. We have prevailed and uh, we can give a big middle finger to the internet because uh, you need to do more if you're going to stop us. But regardless, it's great to see you. It's even better that it's a Friday, and I sure hope you do not spend as much time as I will be in the garden sweating profusely this weekend. Stay safe, wash your hands, and uh, it's lovely, as it is every week, to see you, Steve.
1: Right back at you, Tom.
0: See you guys next week.